0: Two years before, I debated Arthur Hayes, CEO of Bitmax, and a week later, he was indicted and ended up in jail because I wrote he was a crook. At your seat, who was supposed to be here just today, Kevin Leary was a paid hack for FTX. Good reasons. I hope that CNBC is going to get rid of him. Unfortunately, this is an ecosystem that is totally corrupt. Unfortunately, it is, and I think the lesson of the last few weeks is these people should be out of here i can't believe that cz and binance has a license to operate in the uae
1: hey everyone that's why they call him yes dr doom he sounds really doom and gloom but then if you take his name with a grain of salt what he's saying is not wrong
2: nothing he says is wrong he's trying
1: there. to he's trying to call out cz and there's been a lot of criticism of him who is the ceo of binance or binance if you listen to him <laughs> yeah him. yeah
2: it's like a borat were a traitor yeah <laughs> yeah He was the one, famously, that pulled out of the deal to save FTX.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am fresh off the vacation from hell at Walt Disney World for eight lovely long days. I am Chris Nahibi, and that over there is the co-host that you know is Mr. Sultry. Saeed Omar. Hello, everybody. Not doing it. You're not doing it? I right, doing it. So, because I've been gone for a little bit, and because Saeed and I have pre-recorded a number of shows, which actually responded very well, you guys all listened to them and seemed to do uh, pretty well. Yeah, thank you, everybody. They received very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're fresh back, so this is, this is us getting back in the swing of things. The boys are back in town. They're back in town. And I apologize in advance for a lot of the cliche shit we're going to talk about.
2: Because you know what? I just missed you. Yeah, I missed you too, man. I'm talking to the audience. Why you got to make it about no, you? I, it's always about no, me. No. Jesus.
1: All right, so for those of you who don't recall, my man Jeff Bezos came out and said, do not buy a lot of stuff during this holiday season. Do not you know, save cash.
2: Batten down the hatches. Batten down the hatches. Liquidity is king. Mm-hmm. Cash is king. The guy that sells everybody everything. On Amazon. Yeah, it says, don't buy. Don't buy.
1: So, of course, you would expect the numbers to come out for Black Friday to be... Dismal or disappointing. Yeah. Well, you'd be fucking wrong. <laughs> Consumers spent a record 9.12 billion online shopping during Black Friday this year, according to Adobe. This is Adobe Analytics, same company as Adobe Photoshop. and anything else you know about. Overall online sales for Black Friday were up 2.3% year over year. Here's the part that just was like... slap right in the face yeah buy now pay later payments increased by 78 percent compared to the past week beginning november 19th Mm -hmm. as consumers continue to grapple with high prices and inflation
2: yeah man so uh just a recap on what buy now pay later services are they come with various options in payment periods some let consumers break payments into interest-free chunks and others charge simple interest um i did some research on this too. Salesforce data found shoppers increasingly use buy now, pay later services for low price goods this year. Mm -hmm. The average value of the buy now, pay later transactions was down 6% of the value of the products that they were buying down 6%. So people are using this stuff for cheaper stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's really disturbing. It's really, and I I hate saying it this way because it sounds almost derogatory, but it is a shittier variant of layaway. Yeah. You get the product up front mm-hmm. and I think we talked about some previous shows that there was at one point a 42% first payment default rate.
2: Yeah. Late a payments. lot of people miss payments yeah. even if like you've never missed a payment before. It's it's very easy and common to yeah, just yeah. miss it and like that's not something you want on your track record. It, it's it's not a, a good set of circumstances uh, and I know that people are really
1: endorsing this as, as a, a great point of sale thing and buy now pay later is all wonderful and everything else. I've never liked it for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it is glorified layaway. You brought product up front and the default rates and all that stuff is bad. But let's forego to attacking the easy buy now, pay later service. And let's say $9.12 billion, the highest ever. That's a lot. After Jeff Bezos, the man who probably sold the most shit on Black Friday, said, don't do it. Right. Okay. At this point, consumers are just like, you know what? I don't give a shit. So, yeah. Some of that is attributed to inflation as well, though, right? the value of some of these goods have gone up but i mean frankly most of the, the goods that went up in price yeah on that's black a... friday were marked back down to what their pre pandemic pricing was if not better i mean i will say that the black friday
2: sales weren't as deep as i'd seen historically this year at at this point from everything that we've seen everything that's been in the news you would think that consumer behavior would start to change but did, it definitely didn't show optimism up. is a misleading whore
1: <laughs> it really is i mean people are like so I, I was I was at Disneyland, right? And, you know, it's eight days in Dante's 10th layer of hell, Disney. Oh, I can't wait to and get into this. And we'll get into it. And one of the things that I saw pop up, which just blew my mind, was a report that we're now in a bull market again, kids. The market has risen.
2: Oh, For yeah. what? Yeah, it came out on Wednesday after Uncle Jerome Powell came out and, you know, basically hinted at. The next rate hike will be 50 basis points which we all thought was going to be 50 basis points anyway so right so you guys are happy that what we thought was going to happen happened, right it, it rates are still going up people yay it, it's like
1: why are people this happy when they wake up in the morning yeah. <laughs> you woke up you thought you were going to wake up congratulations yeah
2: but guess, yeah, here we are i guess it's the signal of the uh the first step to the pivot right but this is going to be a, a long this drawn is not out the process first step to a pivot. This is what pisses me off to no
1: end. If you look back on any chart graph that goes like vertical in economic history that goes like, oh, it's going up at a 45-degree angle. It's an amazing steep incline. And you zoom in on the data
2: points, there's always peaks and valleys, ups and downs. There's always peaks and valleys. And he made it a point to say in in his press conference that the pace of the rate hikes is secondary to the destination of where the rate ends up, a.k.a. the terminal rate. So it's like... Listen, don't overreact to now it dropping from 75 basis points to 50 basis points. Not only it's it's just we're slowing down the pace, but we still don't know where the terminal rate is going to be, and we still don't know how long we're going to hold it for. Yeah, and,
1: and really, it, it's not the raising of the rates in and of itself that's going to be the most painful, I think, for consumers. I think the holding will do it. Yeah. It's not when it goes up. It's how long you hold it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. More ways than one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the economy. side, on the other hand, we've established in prior shows, pervert. You know. You know. So I wanted to really get into the difference in inflation, the numbers, and shed some light on why this optimism is completely just wrong. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I found an article which came from the Daily Mail. So this is effectively for London and England and you know their communities. But... It did a great job of breaking down the tangible impact of the average consumer in the United States.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So American households are feeling the pinch with household spending clocked at $433 more a month to buy the same goods and services as it did a year ago. Mm. That's with this 7.7% inflation down from 9.1% earlier in the year. Right. Figures are down from the $445 monthly figure recorded in September, that when inflation was 9.1%. Mm-hmm. So the difference to the consumer at 9.1% in a $445 a month down to 7.7 at a $433 a month is $12 a month. Yeah, exactly. That's not even 10% what are we of a savings. What, what are we celebrating? What are we celebrating? Exactly. So if you, if you take a look at this, and this, the sad part is this this is just... All aggregate CPI inflation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Most consumers we believe are really facing closer to 20%. That's what we believe, right? Yeah, 15, 20, let's call that easily there. I know, because
2: you can you can remove uh, what is it, the gas and food and you know, energy costs, right? Mm-hmm. But like those are expenses people are dealing with. So yeah. the, to remove it to, to report your number to have a better reporting, then that's one thing. But people are still forced and faced to deal with these these prices. So even the most optimistic,
1: rosy perspective. Using the aggregate number for inflation. Right. Where we've been at and where we're at currently mm-hmm. is $12 a month in savings. Less than 10% improvement in the overall cost to you and me and everybody else and the average O consumer.
2: Yeah. What? How are you celebrating this, people? What are we doing? I know. Yeah. And I think we talked about it right before the show. The, you know, the S&P jumped 700 points on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, dude. There were literally announcements. They were, they were I turned in last minute when I got
1: back from, from Disney World. I was in the hotel, I turned it on the television. I was watching CNBC for a little bit and they were announcing a bull market. Mm-hmm. We're in a bull market, yay! Was a little fanfare, a loud noise in the background. People were celebrating and cheering. I'm like, what in the shit just happened? Yeah, yeah.
2: Doesn't make sense to me.
1: Makes no sense at all. And that's that's the behavioral economics that we talked about year in and year out on, this, on the show. We've been doing this for literally a year and a half now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, because of that, you know, I think people get really caught up in this and, and maybe that led into a little bit of the spending.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it just Maybe makes... I, I think I think it just goes back to behavior economics, or, and people are just have gotten so used to spending, and it's it's hard to correct, you know. Especially around the holidays, people still want to give their family members what they've now grown accustomed to. Uh,
1: we, my wife and I, and sorry for those of you who are close friends of the family who expect gifts from us. <laughs> we've decided we're going to pull back on on gift giving this year, mm-hmm. for, even for, for close family members. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's necessarily because affordability for us or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. number one, I don't want to create the obligation of a gift back. Right? right? Right. So I'm proactively telling people that. And number two, I don't think it's sincere if we're sending the message like we're talking about pulling back on spending and doing the things that we're doing if we're not at least trying to do some of that ourselves. And I be mean, proactive with it, right? Granted, I just spent the half, maybe three quarters of my net worth at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but- yeah, exactly. I mean, first family vacation in a long time. No, we went to Hawaii to another Disney Resort, Alani, like a couple of months ago, <laughs> and this this made that trip look like uh, like a, a just a simple walk through Taco Bell. I mean, it, it we gotta we gotta so get in, we gotta get into it. We will at the at the end of the show for the true fans, mm, the, the one true. that stick all the way through. All the way through, and which we now know is not Saeed because he admitted before the show he hasn't listened to him in a full show.
2: You're a terrible co host. We'll finish it. There's so much research that I had no, to do for the show. No, that uh, is on. not true, bro. Oh, I can tell when you log in in the notes and look at the show notes, <laughs> you lie. Piece of shit.
1: <laughs> so, because I like to cover both sides of the polar uh, environment um, when it comes to articles and reporting, and because we try to be non biased, mm. I found two articles by happenstance, which I think give you a clear indication of how. Opinions about where the economy is going mm-hmm. can vary dramatically based on someone's intentions. Okay, is that okay, saeed That that is perfectly fine with me. You need to drink a little more than energy drink. Okay? Hey, let's I don't let's go. Pep. The pep, the pep. How about some pep? A little pep. So Axios put out an article called "Collapse in Home Prices is Coming," experts say. Collapse, collapse. In quotes, collapse. So they reference Pantheon, uh, which is a data aggregator, and S and P CoreLogic Case Shiller Twenty City Home Price Index is the reference point where this data came from. Pantheon estimates that existing home prices will keep falling, ultimately dropping by about twenty percent from their June peak of around four hundred fourteen thousand dollars on average. Mm-hmm. That aligns a lot with our expectations. Yeah, that aligns a lot with what we've been telling people where the market's going to go. Right. And frankly, it seems to be logically supported by the data and the things that we've seen as early indicators.
2: Yeah. And just to give everyone a, a quick refresher, too, on the Case Shiller Home Price Index, it's an index that seeks to keep track of home prices by looking at repeat home sales. Now, there are there's a national index there's also another that's the 10 largest cities in the US there's another one that tracks the 20 largest cities in the US i believe that the one that chris is referencing now and the one that axios is referencing is the 20 largest cities in the US um and this uh index is actually pretty cool if you really like geek out on this stuff it goes back as far as like 1890 the year yeah, 1890 yeah they go back pretty far yeah so because they can
1: always go back and aggregate data that they have historically which is kind of cool
2: yeah yeah so
1: Something I thought it was interesting for people to know. Yeah, K. Shell Index been around for a long time, and frankly, their their data has been compiled from different indices well before they were actually compiling it for this kind of usage. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this literally within days of this next article coming out. And for those of you who want your expert filled rage during the show, which I I think is my value proposition, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to give that to you shortly after I read you the article. So stay tuned, everyone. CNBC news article is titled home prices are expected to keep rising next year.
2: Here's where. Oh boy.
1: Oh God. Quote from the article will give away my frustrations, but I'm going to read it anyway. (laughs) That's the major takeaway from realtor.com's 2023 housing forecast released Wednesday. Home price declines quote may not happen as quickly as some have anticipated. End quote said realtor.com's chief economist, Danielle Hale. Prices will be elevated during the first half of 2023 and they'll probably fall or stay flat during the second half of the next year, she told CNBC, uh, CBS Money Watch. Mm. Okay, so how do I put this delicately? Um, no, you're a
2: fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, that's uh, no, wrong. Yeah, look at the source. Yeah, realtor.com. Realtor. Com.
1: Who is your primary target? Mm. Let me think. Probably realtors. <laughs> yeah. And I swear to God, someone's someone's going to send me some shit of Dave Ramsey quoting this saying, see, I told you the real value is going to go up every single year for well, the next five years. No. No. Do not quote me this article. No. Right. Do not send
2: me this article. And do not send me Dave Ramsey quoting this article. Right. It started off decent, right? Home prices decline may not happen as quickly as some have anticipated. We know it's a lagging indicator. Yeah, but in there in itself is, yeah, is a contradiction, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It may not decline. It might not happen as quickly as some people think. So it's going yeah, so, to happen. So it's going to happen, right? right?
1: Yeah, so, yeah. What you trying to say, Danielle Hale? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking this is. I read English. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, prices will be elevated during the first half of 2023, and they'll probably fall or stay flat all means decline right they're saying but the second half of the year she told the yes, we will go up. okay listen the fed is so what she's basically saying is the Fed's going to increase interest rates they're going to hold at some point in time so she's basically saying they're going to cut interest rates which is really what's driving the home value change here they won't, they won't though right by yeah. by the end of the year that's not and let's not forget one big glaring thing even if that were to happen yeah even if that were true mm. Miss Chief Economist, Danielle Hale from Realtor.com. Right. It's a lagging fucking indicator. It's not going to happen by the end of the year. Right. Exactly. That data won't come out till 2024. Right. Even in your best case scenario, which we do not believe will actually happen. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be proven data-wise until then. Yep. So, Danielle Hale, Chief Economist Realtor.com, you can kiss my ass. But we would like to welcome you onto the show. Welcome to the show. You've now replaced Lawrence Yoon <laughs> as my hate, hated number one yeah. <laughs> chief, chief economist. Yeah. Right. National Association of Realtors, Chief Economist, Lawrence Yoon. Right. Don't like him very much either. No. Yeah. Not, not so much. Uh on the greener, better pastures. Uh, you remember how Airbnb put out that cryptic like sentence yeah. in their their it was a quarterly filing, effectively looting the idea that. Airbnb arbitrage, people are going to have a tough time in the future. Right. And we talked about on that show a little bit how Airbnb's main model is to get more hosts on the platform because that's how they make more
2: money over time. How would you, how, how would they do that? How would they do that, Saeed? You have <laughs> yeah. any ideas, maybe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. You have any thoughts on that? Maybe cut the landlords a check? Well, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, the people that actually own the building. So go to the people who own the building,
1: offer them a deal, and cut out the arbitrage people. Yeah. That, that makes
2: sense. <laughs> I wonder if they do that. Uh, So do we have actually details on how much this is actually going (laughs) to (laughs) be?
1: It's funny you ask. The real deal has now reported that Airbnb recruits multifamily landlords for sublets. Hmm. Airbnb is partnering with some of the nation's top multifamily landlords to offer short-term rentals at properties across the country. Mm -hmm. The company is launching a listing service for apartment rentals with more than 175 properties including ones owned by Graystar Apartments and Equity Res, very mm. large multifamily operators. Right. The venture comes as Airbnb stock has dropped 40% this year. Well, kids, this is what we like to call a rug pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. Please. Yeah. If you're in the arbitrage business and you're, you're using um, high-end apartments or luxe apartments from multifamily operators and their larger ones, right. 175 or more, the typical type of size that would right. take someone who does like these large leases like this and sublet, right? Most people will not let you sublet. Just FYI, yeah,
2: that that's something that has always been interesting to me. So the people that are subletting, they're not letting the landlords know
1: that they're subletting, even though they should be. The the real legitimate operators typically, they, they first of all they have an LLC, which is passive income right. avenue for this, and this is ideal for it. And they'll say, hey, I have an LLC, I like they have a corporate lease. You know, like and then we're gonna sublet it out. And they'll be very transparent and they'll do it that way. Yeah. And so I've seen a lot of, again, again I've come under a lot of fire from these people because I've criticized.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen some people legitimately try to make the argument that they do this quote long term luxury housing or they do longer term 30 day rentals or more. They don't do like the short term stuff to evade some of the rent control ordinances and stuff right. like that, rent control, but um some of the rent ordinances around around, you know, the vacation rentals. Yeah. But yeah, the ones that do it right are supposed to do that. But I as a guy, and you you and I have done this a lot, a long time now. Right. I have never, never seen a multifamily property come in where these types of leases were a large majority of their no,
2: property. no, not at all. Especially not told to us. We've I've I've discovered it through through the process of underwriting And, and been It's like, always a problem. It's always a problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not something that you can bank on or rely on for continued income. No, you,
1: you can't. And then you look to the sponsorship of the person who's actually renting it out. This mm-hmm. this person is doing the arbitrage. And generally speaking, we've never got the financials in an underlying entity because they're right. not really good. Right.
2: Yeah. So that income that you were going to make off this, the uh, percentage is now going to go to the landlord. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Is that a bye Felicia moment? <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, exactly. You
1: know, I used to quote that a lot until I saw the movie and I'm like, damn, that is disrespectful. What? what, what <laughs> the bye fr- Felicia? From Friday? No, yes, it's from Friday. There's also oh, there's another that well, they quote by Felicia in the the movie. Of, I, I can't even do it. Don't do it. it yeah. Don't do it. Leave it alone. Leave <laughs> it alone. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's
2: <laughs> talking about offline. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it, it was. Ah, damn it. All right, never mind. All
1: right, all right. Straight, straight out of content. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a scene where one of them use that line.
2: Oh, and, I, see, I see. I see. I got it. Got it. it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so.
1: Well, let's move on to Cydia's favorite topic, crypto. Mm-hmm. We, we've been we've been taking some shots across the bow, of crypto. Yeah, right now it's kind of
2: easy. I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully so. A lot a lot of stuff's come down come down on them, and I know what you want to get into with BlockFi, and I got a lot of stuff on this too.
1: Okay, let the record show that I only have a single article. It's maybe three sentences that I was going to quote, and Saeed's taking taking the bait here to go in. Well, on another. Well, th- why do I? You this could, is tied. This is tied to SBF.
2: <laughs> we can we bring it right bring it right back to. Him. Did, you, did you see the? Uh, the that, that's what I wanted to get into and see, bring it up. Did you see what he said. He had the New York Times interview. Oh my god, it was so good. Oh my, I'll
1: let you quote. I, okay. I didn't know you even saw it. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I listened to it. And I laughed my ass off the entire time. I wasn't going to talk about it on the show because it's so funny. It doesn't even sound real. I had a bad month. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, dog. He was serious, too. And then they pan over to the crowd and they start laughing. Like, wait, what are we doing? I had a bad month. I, I honestly thought he had Tourette's when he said that.
1: <laughs> like, I was like, no, that, that, he's got to have like, a medical problem, right? I swear like, to God. I swear <laughs> to God. I had a
2: bad month. Bro, you ripped off billions of dollars people lost a lot of money life savings and actually okay so go into this and then we'll we'll, we'll get into oh, it Oh, so good all right well this just seems like a terrible teaser at this
1: point yeah cbc article as block five files for bankruptcy what to know about crypto investor protections and i actually mm-hmm. had a lot on this yeah should we sidebar all the stuff that i had to add on this? no 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 no, okay. no go because i have some stuff on this too okay so crypto lender block five file for chapter 11 bankruptcy on monday that is a reorganization that is not a full bankruptcy that'd be a chapter seven so they may still be around in some variant if there are assets left over, but generally speaking, these are converted. About two weeks after the collapse of FTX, investor protections for crypto are different from those from more traditional holdings such as stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. Crypto fail, falls into a gray area of law and regulation, according to legal experts. Investors must hope they can recover any trust any funds in bankruptcy court. And the reason why I put this here. Mm-hmm was because in the early days of crypto, I spent a lot of time really trying to keep up with the law. Yes. And I spent a lot of time for a bank-related situation, trying to do a lot of due diligence as it related to cryptocurrency and bankruptcy. So right. this seemingly
2: falls because it was, it, was, it was evolving.
1: It was evolving, and that's exactly why I want to bring it up. So you remember when I was talking about Wyoming being the frontier of yes, bankruptcy law? They mm-hmm. established futures markets for Ethereum and Bitcoin so that during a bankruptcy proceeding, they could be valued. Right. However, big however. Yeah. That is not for the bankruptcy of this type. Right. It's for valuing cryptocurrency for a personal bankruptcy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That is not for a, a person like BlockFi. Right. Who is an exchange.
2: Right, exactly. So and their getting, protections over the consumer. Right. They're getting in trouble, right, for uh, with the SEC for not acknowledging and disclosing that the accounts are as securities. Mm-hmm. That That's a big reason why they're in trouble. And also... Another reason why they're filing that Chapter 11 is because they loaned 670 million dollars to Alameda Research, our boy, which <laughs> was the FTX hedge fund. Yeah, yeah. Which, which was their hedge fund, right? Sam Bankman Fried's hedge fund, right? I hate his name. Uh, it's yeah, just for some yeah. reason, it never rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sam you know, Bankman ho- ho- Fried. Ho- hopefully, it doesn't. But so to give so a lot of people listen to um, that episode of ours where we broke down the FTX, and I think it's important to note here too how a company like BlockFi works, right? And maybe you can go into a little bit more detail on this. You, you, well, here's how it goes. You, you put your money into them, they never get back. Yeah, that's what they did without telling you. But what, what, what they do is you put your money into them, right? They loan out your money. You get tokens that are fully convertible, and then they so pay I, you a I really high... Think, they, I don't think most people knew they lent out their, their money. I think most people thought of them, I like,
1: guess, like as a bank. But they're but a lender,
2: I right. I understand yeah, extru- that,
1: but I, I don't think most people put that two and two together. Okay. I think, I think they thought, well, they lend money out, but I don't think they realize they lend your money out well, per this, se. So but the consumer isn't generally that savvy. Yeah. It's what they do, it's how they make money. Crypto lenders do that.
2: Right. Well, this but- is the part that makes me really, really sad about it, right? Where it really starts changing and shifting my focus because a lot of these letters were starting to come out and it really, like, I don't know, tears you apart because a lot of the money that people were depositing from, like, you know, you know, younger millennials or whoever, they were promised to receive you know nine percent interest rates.
1: Yeah, okay, but bro, in a, in a market where everyone's getting two, three percent returns
2: at best, yes, and you're getting nine. You never question there'd be risk involved? No, no, no. Oh, yes, of course, right? Four x. But you you see billions of dollars behind a company, right? Wait, naturally, you see, there's no there's no reporting. Right. Naturally, you naturally you you believe that, right? But no, you, no, no. Not not naturally, no, 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 no. Don't defend this. Don't do don't, don't do that. This. No, I'm not defending. I feel I feel bad for the inexperienced person that. That deposits their money. Okay, if you're looking around the internet and
1: banks and everybody that that, that you know is in a step, J.P. Morgan, and Chase, everybody's telling you about their investments and they always have this asterisk of risk. And these people are like, "Ah, give us this, we'll give you that," right. and you're you're good to go. No guarantee. That's
2: a that's a, that's, a, that's on you. Let's do diligence. I agree, I I agreed Let this be a lesson that this is why the FDIC exists. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's, and, the, and let, the SEC, yeah, and the SEC. So let that be a lesson. This is why these there's regulation and why these you know they exist. There's insurance on securities. There's insurance on deposits at federally insured yeah. institutions, FDIC
1: federal deposits. Yeah, deposit so two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Uh, and then there's five hundred thousand
2: depending on structure. Yeah, depending on depending on structure. So like, even if anything were to happen, you're insured that that amount of money. But I think that people were they were looking at. Let's just say, what about the type of people that were looking at, you know, the home affordability crisis, and was like, okay, maybe this is my way of making a couple, a couple extra bucks to, to build up my down payment. That's gambling. That's not investing. Yeah, but to that's them- That's gambling. Well, to, well, to who? You, I mean, you that, hear, hear high-yield savings, right? That is, they, they, at no point do they ever say high-yield savings on their website. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm i beginning to question how many people even knew that there aren't any regulations to any of this.
1: Yeah, I Look, I, I think that a lot of people who went into block fight didn't understand they were lending your money. They weren't just a lender. They were lending your money, just like right. a bank does. They were arbitraging, right? Right. right. But I, I, I think- Here's what sucks is, is we're going to get into it. Nor- Remember Dr. Doom and Norio Robini and all the C's you yeah. talked about? There was, a, yeah. there was a tale on those seven C's of cryptocurrency that, right. that we didn't discuss on the show that I want to play yes. during this episode. Because I think it's really telling about his perspective and really his passion behind how he feels.
2: Yeah. and yeah. Honestly, I, I get it. He, I mean, has, he has a level of integrity about him that, uh, I don't know, that's commendable. So maybe we play that now and, and it explains
1: a little bit of, of why, why yeah. he felt the way that he did. Yeah. How, how about that? Yeah, let's do that. You want to do that? Mm-hmm. Let me uh, cue it up, because I'm my own cue, because I don't have anybody in here to technically help <laughs> supervise me, because huh. I'm, I'm solo dolo. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody in between, this, this
2: is for you, Dr. Doom.
0: Seven seas of uh, crypto, uh, concealed, corrupt, crooks, criminals, conmen, carnival markers, and finally... CZ was just on the stage right now. I was supposed to debate him a year ago here in the AUE. At the last moment, he decided to escape. He didn't want to be on the same stage as me. Guess what? Two years before, I debated Arthur Reyes, CEO of Bitmax. And a week later, he was indicted and ended up in jail because I wrote he was a crook. At your seat, who was supposed to be here just today, Kevin Leary was a paid hack for FTX. Good reasons. I hope that CNBC is going to get rid of him. Unfortunately, this is an ecosystem that is totally corrupt. Unfortunately, it is. And I think the lesson of the last few weeks is these people should be out of here. I can't believe that CZ and Binance has a license to operate in the UAE. Wow. So he, said, he said he's
2: dodging me and you're a bitch for not being on the stage. Yeah, That's what he said. That, and that, ladies and gentlemen, boys
1: and girls, why they call him Dr. Doom. Yeah. Brings the heat. I just thought of something mm. with the whole l b g t q plus sector and some of the 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 current way of greeting. can you say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls anymore without being offensive to one
2: community i'm um, i don't know i i, I, can't, I, I don't know I, I respect everybody then
1: I will say, hey everyone, that's why they call him yes
2: dr doom, yeah,
1: exactly so it's he sounds really doom and gloom, but then if you take his name with a grain of salt, what he's saying is not wrong.
2: Nothing he says is wrong. He's trying
1: that. to he's trying to call out CZ. And there's been a lot of criticism of him, who is the CEO of Binance or Binance, if you listen to name. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. Of Binance. <laughs> Binance. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like if Borat were a traitor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Liz nice. I don't like the CZ
1: of the CEO of Binance. Right. Yeah.
2: Nice. He was the one famously
1: that pulled out of the deal to save FTX. Yes, he was. And he was the one who tweeted originally, which caused the run, which brought him down.
2: Right, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. You hear the stories. People have lost their life savings into this. You can't, you can't help but feel bad for them, right? Clearly, they were misled. They didn't have, they weren't listening to the Higher Standard Podcast. Woo, plug in. Oh, plug in. Plug away. No, but seriously, I, I, I'm now at a point where you start to read these letters and I'm starting to feel really bad. Okay, first of all,
1: look, anytime someone loses a a substantial amount of money, I do feel bad. Yeah. But. They were misguided. Yeah, but that's what the show's about is financial literacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they would listen to you talking shit on cryptocurrency, (laughs) they probably would have hesitated, you know? (laughs) Yeah, damn, this guy really does not want me to invest my money in crypto. Maybe I should think about this because Syed Omar is like, no, Uh, don't do that. No. But Yeah. And there's so many. And look. I even got at one point a little bit of FOmo and started buying a good amount here mm-hmm. and there, yeah, luckily, I got out before things fell, not because I'm talented or
2: smart because I just was tired of it right um and I still have some look some crypto. i do I do think that crypto will experience another bull run in the future. It'll happen again. I'm not saying it's going to be dead in the water, but maybe this is what it needed to get some regulation behind it. I think cryptocurrency, as we know it in the last couple of years will never be the
1: same. Really, I don't think it'll ever be the same. I think the sensationalism and the fanfare is gone. I think most of those people who may have been undereducated who got into it with this perpetual growth, mm-hmm. when you've had you know crypto, uh, Bitcoin going to sixty thousand dollars, yeah, I think those people who were on that bull run ride have been stung hard enough mm-hmm. to be
2: skeptical. It's it's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's a long road, a long road to gain people's trust again, and I, I don't know that I don't know what they're gonna get. Get I that. mean if I, they get I, the reg- if, they, if they get the regulation then maybe that's what they need in order to gain if that, they get, that the regulation, get that vote of confidence. What's here's the problem. Here's what Dr. Doom is alluding to without
1: saying it. There is nothing to support it. When you buy and sell a security on Wall Street, yeah. there's a company behind that. Right. You're buying value. Mm-hmm. Real value in something. Right. Right? You're buying a, a, a Portion of a company. think of, of of a stock certificate as ownership in a company you were buying ownership in a company you expect to be there it's a real company that operates it sells something it does something right it's tangible it's real mm-hmm. they have auditors yeah the auditors have their auditors and, and this this audit trail is really highly scrutinized mm-hmm. if you're a publicly traded bank hmm And you have auditors that audit you because of your highly audited environment. They're under additional risk and you're considered high risk because they have to be locked down dead tight on their audits of you because those audits go into public filings. Right. This system has been built and manicured in such a way that the value is at least tried to be monitored strictly, you know, adhere to these rules, Mm -hmm. reporting guidelines, financials. There, this ecosystem has been built over so long a period of time right what what does cryptocurrency really have what backs those values other than behavioral economics which drive markets up and down
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's not scarcity i mean sure, there's a finite amount of bitcoin but some of these other
2: coins can be mined in perpetuity ethereum right maybe but maybe the future behind it is not to have this many exchanges out there. But what's the value? What what does it give? The, val- you? the value. The value is the people that believe in it, right? Like believing in something in and
1: of itself, like Tesla. If people mm-hmm. bought in Tesla because they believed in Tesla yeah. changing the world, right? They believed they would become profitable. I mean,
2: then how is Bitcoin still around sixteen thousand dollars? People can't all get out at once. They've got too much money in the game to just run out. Yeah, I mean, too much skin in the game. They just dip. I mean, some of these people, like you said, have life savings and they're not going to sell everything right away. I mean, and we, you know that there's hedge funds and there's there's corporations that have money in Bitcoin too. Look, look at Doctor Doom's sentiment here: corrupt carnival
1: barkers, which is a weird way to describe something. I mean, know right. who, I mean, who really uses that? Anymore? Carnival carnival barkers. I mean, honestly, I've never heard that in my entire life, and yeah. I know what it is. I get it. I like it though, but nobody, nobody's
2: carnival barkers. I get it. I get, get what he's said, trying to say. Yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> yeah anyway. I mean, SBF looks like he's from a carnival. Ah, <laughs>
1: ha!
2: That, yes, that, that was good. Yeah, that, yeah, that was good. So that solid. that yeah, was solid. Yeah. That was not bad. You, you're racist. Um, <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> but, you know, look, I get, I get what he's trying to say, that there is no value here. And everyone will say, well, there's value in the blockchain. Yeah, there is value in the blockchain. But
2: just because you like the blockchain doesn't mean you got to buy crypto. Look, there's value in the blockchain. And that value was put front and center in front of everyone. that It, it did nothing. A lot of money went lost. What happened to that money?
3: Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
2: You know, so the, in that interview with the New York Times with SBF, let's, let's hear it, man. So what really bothering me about the whole thing is how he's trying to flip the script and the narrative on himself. Yeah, it's, what was me? He, no, he's like he's like they asked the the person interviewing him asked him a question about crim- criminal liability and his concern behind it. If you're wondering what that sound was, that was Chris opening another 85 calorie beer. Tecate Alta. <laughs>
1: For the record, I'm only drinking this because we bought a big
2: case and I got some left. I'm trying to finish yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. so I can move on. Yeah, to... because because this show is not sponsored by Tecate Alta.
1: But could be if Tecate Alta wants us. <laughs> I can tell you right now, it is the
2: best water beer I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> so, Tecate Ultra. So they <laughs> it's the fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> they asked. Uh, So they asked him this question about, like, what are your thoughts on your criminal liability? And he had this guy had the audacity to be like, you know, right now, I'm not worried about any criminal liability for myself. I'm just worried about people and trying to get them as much money back as we can. Yeah, but that's what what he's supposed to say. What are you not supposed to say anything? You're supposed to go run off and never speak to anybody ever again. This fucking guy, bro. What do you want him to say? You want him to say, listen. Well, you're I not a noble illegal. guy, bro. Listen, listen. You're, 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 He's trying
1: to look, He's trying to be noble. His two, par- he's got two parents that are that are Stanford lawyers. Okay, like you want you want to see? You he's
2: he's so noble about with his parents, right? I'm he's, not saying he's noble. Him, I'm just saying, like, what do you want him to say? You're not going to see him say, "Hey, look, I've been in prison before. I'm going to handle this." There was like a, a there was I mean, a fifty million dollar beach house that his parents got, and they asked him, but the guy had no idea. Wait, his parents got a fifty million dollar beach house. He's like, oh, I had no, I had no idea about that bitch your parents dropped 50 million dollars or something you didn't know no that my that, dad spends five thousand shit i'm gonna hear that, about dad. that fdx paid for it wait stop it i, I swear to god fdx paid for it he paid for, he's like i didn't know
1: come on man what are we doing I, here I do this all the time i do not recall <laughs> yeah yeah i do not recall it wasn't me it wasn't me yeah i do not recall <laughs> yeah shaggy um sir i just asked you your name i do not recall <laughs> the best deposition i've ever heard was lil wayne yeah oh <laughs> lil, no oh, justin wayne. bieber too right oh uh, Justin it, be right in be- bieber did it the same thing i can't i do not recall. No, no, Little Wayne did it with attitude. Oh,
2: yeah, so <laughs> smart Coached. He was coached perfectly. He wasn't he was
1: like, no, you can tell Little Wayne's a smart dude. Yeah. he was not having it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you consider yourself to be a celebrity? I do not consider myself to be a celebrity. Yeah. I don't consider myself. Yeah.
2: <laughs> great. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Heidi, learn something. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, too, soon, too, too soon. soon yeah i can't even say it well, anymore yeah we can't yeah, yeah.
1: Just, <laughs> that man went that man went off the yeah i, I don't off know the defense he's done i never listened to his well, music yeah, in the first never place. coming up yeah. on the podcast i again. might play michael jackson before i play kanye uh none or yeah. r kelly I, I damn it i was singing some of songs today walking in oh, the hall oh, god and i felt really bad because i remember he peed on people yeah <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> he did a bunch of other he mess he's stuff he's off limits too why all the good ones go wrong? Yeah, why do they do this? Like great music, the stuff that sticks in your head. Like yeah. Iconic shit and you can't even do it anymore. Yeah. You see the part where where um SBF was talking about how he only has like a hundred dollars or something, like a hundred thousand dollars
2: and <laughs> and one credit card. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, and a multi-million dollar penthouse. Right, right. I love it. Somebody, one of the listeners, I can't remember I can't remember who it was. I think it was it was uh Ted lifts Oh, so you can't remember our our listeners? No, now. no, Did no, 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 lady, be,
1: hey, hey, everybody out there, you know, like I was gonna say, ladies and boys, and girls, again. No, don't, don't do I that. Yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone, right? Everyone, I'm trying to be inclusive. Yeah. everyone. saeed doesn't remember who you are. No, I no, do. I do
2: remember. It's Ted lifts Ted lifts sent me a video of Tom Brady sh- like shooting a selfie video with SBF promoting FTX. Oh, I saw that. in the one where like he just walks off. Yeah. He, he goes. He goes. He goes. Hey, I'm here with my boy. SBF, you're like, damn, Tom. And then SBF Tom, walks I off. Tom, I call him my boy. You, you literally, sarcasm? He literally has never called, I've never seen him do an interview calling one of his teammates, this is my boy. But he's calling SBF his boy.
1: Bro, I'll tell you right now, you give me as much money as he probably gave Tom Brady, I'll call you anything you want. <laughs> hey, I'll call you daddy. <laughs> yeah. This is my daddy, Said Omar. He yeah. gave me hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, yes. He earned in, this. In FTT. <laughs> FTT tokens. Oh, my God. Now valued at the same thing as marriages. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that was good. Well done. Yeah, Like, And then she goes on. a you
2: see that she went out with her? She went on like some, like, for a getaway with her
1: jiu-jitsu coach. I can't blame him, That's though. a good-looking motherfucker, too. Hey, right? I felt I bad.
2: He's a good-looking motherfucker that could whoop his ass. I saw him. I was like, I would have sex with him. Yeah he's, looking, yeah, he's looking at Tom Brady. Come on,
1: Tom. Yeah, I was like, listen, you might win a couple Super Bowls, I will mess you up. Yeah, Let's ex- roll.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, take your pads off. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's
1: all attractive, though. Her face sometimes, there's angles that are very... Hairy. There's only
2: one lady who's attractive. I don't know if you know her name. I know. if you yeah. were actually... Yeah. If you were not married, yeah.
1: hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. You know, and you saw... I, I got to be honest. I, I'm married. I love my wife. I think she's the hottest woman I've ever seen in my entire life. And right. I would never in a million years look another woman. Right. But if I did see... Another woman who happened to look like Giselle out there. Yeah, yeah. I would say that there are certain angles where
2: she's not so attractive.
1: Yeah. Not a fan. Really? Yeah. So you do cheat on your wife. (laughs) (laughs) How did she come to that conclusion? (laughs) Seemed like a logical connection, bro. Oh, shit. We went off the deep end here. (laughs) What are you talking about? We're talking about Sam Lang. Oh, this is not about you. It was you in the hypothetical scenario. (laughs) I see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know who Bobby, who we've been trying to get on the show forever.
2: Yes, we need to get on the show. He, great value.
1: Great value. He would be, first of all, he's an amazing attorney. He's got tons of MA experience, tons of banking experience, regulatory experience. He would be a fascinating guest for o- a number an, of reasons. Just an
2: overall amazing guy.
1: Great guy. Super hairy. Love that about him. Yeah, we could we bond. See, relatable. Yeah, you guys are both hairy bastards. You guys could like the velcro stick to one another. It'd be whatever. You guys get static
2: electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do your thing. You guys could probably light their whole room up. And yeah, charge. you know, because we we come with all the all the natural testosterone. Yeah, you know, that that that's where it comes you know, he from. He tested his, and his was higher than mine. Yeah, I know. I, like, I bet significantly I tell he's higher than mine. He, he's a don't, man. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah don't, I can don't tell. Don't you could that. just look at him and be like, man, don't. he's so much more of a man than Chris. That is hurtful because, because I know meant, you really mean that it. Was shit. meant
1: to be. That is that is. Wow. So I talked to Bobby and I was telling him that I signed up for the CFA, which we talked about in the last episode, right? which you wouldn't know because you don't listen to our episodes. Explain to people what a CFA is? It's, uh, it's just a, a certified financial analyst or you know, basically An advisor, it's a char- right? chartered yeah. financial analyst, but right. I don't even know what it's called. Right. I have to sign up for it. Right. But basically, it's just one of those things. If you're getting the M&A space or you're doing any kind of like looking at analytics for stock and companies and things of that nature, it's all helpful. Mm-hmm. And it, even though I think I can probably pass it relatively easier than most people could, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot of work for me, but this is what I've been doing. Yes. That's what I do. So. Right. Sign up for that. This is like a way to challenge myself and try something new. Yeah. I was talking to him, I mentioned it to him. He's like, "Oh, I know, I know I heard of the show." Oh, he I listens was, to the I show. I almost peed myself. I was so happy.
2: Uh, oh my god, what I was a compliment. Like, what?
1: You actually listened
2: to this that shit? Was, that was deep in the show, too. Deep. That You yeah. wouldn't
1: know cuz you didn't hear it. Yeah. But it was deep in the show. It was it was like a solid 45 minutes in. I lived it. Oh, stop. You don't remember I don't remember what happened last week. Actually, I do remember what happened last week, I'm still living the pain my ankle is still swollen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's
2: not good. You were walking around Disney World for eight days, eight hours a day in free runs.
1: This is uh, yeah, this is terrible to say. There's a gentleman who's been in my DMs who's got a foot fetish, and he's been asking me for foot photos of you, of me, and I'm I'm gonna send him. I'm gonna well, send some. No, you're lying, bro. Listen, if, if this... I if I were a girl that was attractive, and somebody said, "Hey, can I see your feet?" Wait, hold
2: on, hold on. You know, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money on OnlyFans.
1: Exactly my point. So. I want to send it to him. And if he's like, these are good feet, I might start an OnlyFans for my feet. Yeah, he's like, you know, That's this, a great side hustle, yeah. bro. Take one photo a day, love, post it up. I love you how obey your, you.
2: your second toe is bigger than your big toe. It
1: is. The E.T. finger.
3: Yeah.
1: It looks like E.T.'s finger. It has a little bulb at the end of it. <laughs> it doesn't light up, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. it,
2: it I mean, We can We can make that happen, though.
1: I'm telling you, so I want it, but I can't send him my, my foot photos because they're all swollen and stuff, and I don't want him to look at like beefy. <laughs> oh,
2: that. That's you don't want him to give you a, a, like a
1: bad grade. Yeah, like I'm sure, like a girl when she goes over to someone's house and they're trying to you know have sexy time, you don't want to do what you're bloated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your clothes off, you look like a blimp, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to, but I want to use him as my and and Like, yo, homie, are these attractive? They, they are. are only fans all the way, right, bro? If I can make even a twenty-five thousand dollars a year, thousand dollars, you know, two thousand dollars a month, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, with my foot photos, take one photo a day, posted on OnlyFans. We went. To, I would
2: crush my stuff, my stuff. laser hair removal. I'm already clean. While, while you were while you were gone, how on I went to dinner with some of the soccer moms and the dads for dinner one night as parents. And you on um, me? Yeah, no, just to dinner, talk about our kids and whatnot. And we go, and wow, it was I going, it was going really well. We went to the North Italia spot. it was good. I don't like the food that much. It was good, but it was small, and it wasn't very filling. I was. Getting some drinks, so I felt good. Kids were with my and brother, you mom. had
1: cocktails without me too. Buffalo. You son of a
2: bitch, Buffalo Trace. Yeah, it was nice. So and then Who are at, you? And at the end of the night, we go. We're like, oh, there's no bars, nothing. Let's all let's all go back home. And one of them invited <laughs> us back over, back over to her house. Like, why don't we just come back to our place and we'll all just hang out, right? We're like, oh, okay, cool. We go over there. Oh, this is like where the, the party happens. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. wink, wink, <laughs> no, no. So we so at we go. Sam and his girl called that a thruple. Yeah. So we go we go over there, and um. We noticed right when we get in, like, all the shoes are by the door. And we're like, oh, we've taking our shoes off. Thank God I wore my stance socks that night. I was like, man, that would have been, been bad if I wore some dry fits or something. You're talking about feet. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm wearing my this stance socks. This is your story?
1: This is the story you want to
2: tell everybody? In the- <laughs> yeah.
1: My stance socks. Thank God we don't have a big listener base right now. <laughs> That, do, like, do we just you listen? know how many people
2: would be <laughs> like, <laughs> lose listeners? I'm going
1: to stop listening to the show now. This is yeah. not going to be any better from Stan socks. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about foot fetishes and comedy. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're talking about real socks. Real so real socks, you.
2: yeah. Dude, Stan socks are the best socks. They're, they're not, very cushy. but the They're very cushy. Cushy? Cushy. Oh, come on, man. What? You got gray in your beard. You can't be using cushy. You got a lot of gray in my beard. Yeah. yeah. I can't say cush? No. I feel like I can. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> I just did. Yeah.
1: All right. If Sayu would stop getting off topic, I have some more financial-related information to jump into. Why I Tear a New A-Hole About Disneyland and Disney World. Oh, yeah. I've got a lot to explore there and unpack. So, according to articles from Barron's, and articles, one article from one Barron's. Article, right. <laughs> a recession akin to 1969 to 1970 awaits the U.S. next year, Economist. 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 I am Rubini. That's the Tecate talking. Economist rewards. Economists. I can't even fucking speak. This yeah. is terrible. Yeah. Every single episode. Brace for recession next year. That is the word of warning from S&P Global Ratings Economist, Beth Ann Bovino. Mm-hmm. In a post-Thanksgiving weekend report on Monday, GDP will decline by 0.8% in a mild recession in line with the 1960-1970 recession. Mm-hmm. I like this article, and I think everybody should read it. A number of reasons, but it wasn't super extreme. On the recession is going to be terrible, it's going to be hugely bad. Mm-hmm. It was a very subtle look, there's going to happen. Yes, a recession is going to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a decline in GDP of 0.8 percent is still a, a negative GDP print. It's not as bad as some of the earlier negative prints we saw,
2: right? And what she's effectively saying here is look, like you didn't expect that this is going to happen. This is, but recess- it wasn't doom re- and gloom. The recession is going to happen, and I know there's still optimism out there from, from some people. That there's still potential for a soft landing for all this.
1: Yeah, right? What but see the, the problem with these terms soft landing, crash, hard landing, right. transitory, they don't mean anything. They, They're made up.
2: They don't mean anything. But Jerome Powell, we we previously spoke about early on the show in his press conference. Who's Jerome who? Yeah, Uncle Jerome Powell. Uncle JP. Yeah, Uncle JP, yeah. yeah. Um, he came out and he went another thing that he had mentioned in that press conference was we will stop quantitative tightening in a place where there is plenty of liquidity in the system. A.K. what he's trying to say is quantitative tightening will stop before crashing the market. Whereas everyone thought that he'll, the market will end up crashing and then he'll be forced to stop the quantitative tightening. As a tightening.
1: banker who's in the market right now, I can already
2: tell you there is not plenty of liquidity in the system currently. There is not. So I, I did, just for those that cared about the quantitative tightening numbers, I did uh, another update check on this. The first week of November we actually printed twenty six million dollars. Mm. Right. Twenty six uh, million or twenty six billion? Twenty six million. Second week of November we removed forty two billion. Third week of November we removed four billion. And fourth week we removed thirty two point nine billion. So call it approximately seventy something billion. So, yeah, seventy some billion dollars we removed. Yeah. For the month of November. That's good compared to the ninety plus billion I think it was last month. Yeah. Right. So, so that, that, and it was 40 billion before that. So 40, 90, 70. Mm-hmm, so they're, yeah. So like they're doing what they said they're going to do. They're going to start pulling money out the system and really, you know, taking this thing head on. So hopefully there's a chance at a soft landing. I don't see how that happens personally, but like you said, these terms are just being thrown around. Well, I wanted some optimism. I wanted some sunshine mm-hmm. and I
1: was looking for some shit talking when I found this. So I guess I wasn't really looking for some sunshine, but you mm-hmm. know whatever. Yeah. I was looking for Forbes articles to talk trash on. I ran across the Forbes article that just came out and the cover, which had 30 into 30 with Mr. Beast, the famous YouTuber, mm-hmm. on the cover. And it got into some of the metrics. And some of these metrics are staggering. What a stud. Mr. Beast earned $54 million last year, including $32 million from ads across his dozen plus channels mm. and $9 million from sponsored content. I was actually surprised that he only had 9 million in sponsored content. Right. You would think you have more. He's the most subscribed to YouTube personality in the world with 112 million subscribers on YouTube. It's about 112 million more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His earnings already the highest of any social media creator, not just YouTuber, any social media crit- creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually, I think, Higher than any OnlyFans person. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he didn't have to show one single foot picture to get. Yeah. Wow. No nipple rings, nothing. They are set to double in 2022 to as much as
2: 110 million. So this guy is amazing, and it's it's actually quite shocking. I actually have spoken about him from time to time in like separate circles, and people still not everyone, no one, a lot of people still don't know about him. Like I know we said he's got 112 million subscribers, but um, a lot of adults I still don't don't know him. He's he's pretty fascinating. So how he made it to to where he is, he obsessively watched YouTube videos as when when he was younger. So he's and he was really following uh, another very popular was it Pootie Pie or whatever his name is that was a huge uh-huh. YouTuber back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So from the age of he says from the age of eleven to nineteen, he just studied. All the popular channels, right, and saw what kind of videos went viral. I mean, the the amount of detail that he studied, he wanted to know the the seconds in between cuts in the video. He wanted to know the thumbnail. He wanted to know how big was the font size. What kind of what kind of pictures were on the front of his thumbnails? The level of detail that he would study, and he actively grew his page. You think he was really studying
1: that the age, or he was just partaking?
2: No, I mean, so I. So there was an actual video uh, interview with Forbes um, online that I watched of his, and he was saying, like, I was, for a long time, my family thought I was mute because I wouldn't speak to people because I just didn't like to talk about the things that all the other kids my age like to talk about. I genuinely cared about learning how to grow a business. And this is something that I was passionate about, and he just went full throttle into it. Um, Some cool things that he did was as the page started to grow, Every dollar that he ended up making from the previous video went into the next video. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, he's not a big spender. He doesn't like live in a mansion, doesn't have like f- supercars or anything. But uh, some some numbers that he threw out were two years ago, he, they were spending approximately $100,000 per video that they made. Now they're roughly around $1.5 million per video. That's a lot of money per video
1: though, man. I don't know if that's 10... And I think I heard him on uh, Rogan or something. It somebody. takes three
2: or four. It takes three, three or four months per video now. He's not cranking them out like consistently every week. But he knows, he knows what will draw a hundred million eyes to a video. You know,
1: good for him. But man, that that that's got to take a toll on him. Yeah, and I hope for his sake he's he's got enough put away that he can he can live the rest of his
2: life. Yeah, if you're making. 50 million, $100 dollars million a year and you're living well, you know, like he lives. Yeah, he started a bunch of other passion projects Yeah, you know? there
1: was a Mr. Beast Burger or something like that.
2: Burgers or... and these like healthy snack options, and he wants to open up like a cereal, like like find a medium between like, you know, Kellogg's magic spoon. He wants to be right in the middle. Those are his words, not mine. Hmm. Um, so um I don't know. I, I like I like his approach and I love what he's doing. He gen- it seems like he genuinely wants to help people. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. That's certainly his
1: brand. I mean, other than, like, people out there who who seem like they want to help people but really seem to be snake oil salesperson. Yeah. Liver King? Liver King! Exposed. Exposed. That was one of the best YouTube videos. An hour-long one. And I watched the whole damn thing. I found it super fascinating. Explain, Granted, explain to people exactly what happened, because I don't know if a lot of people know. Okay, so Liver King came on the scene about a year ago in 2021. And he exploded. He went viral everywhere. And he's this guy who's over the top in an incredible shape. And he was controversial early because everybody said that he had to have an ass full of steroids. Joe Rogan's words, quoting. Mm-hmm. Because he came out and said that he had nine and sometimes ten ancestral tenets. The 10 one being tenth one being fun that he tends to throw out every once in a while. But talking about how he lives his, his way in a primal way. And he follows the snake oil salesperson, the charlatan tactics, like where he has this solution that only he can teach you the way and he really cares about you and it's right every person who's selling some bullshit online this is this has been the blueprint going back to you know the first charlatan selling something on the side of the road that would exactly. cure every single disease a cure all or something like that right so right really really targeting disenfranchised like young males and he, yeah and he create it absolutely and yeah. he, he creates this us versus them mentality which all charlatans tend to do like you, you buy in you're part of us or you don't Think of a lot of religious organizations, like, oh, you're a Christian, you're going to heaven, or you're not, you're going to hell, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's that extreme, and, and sometimes those things are weaponized against people, well, you know, he had primals and subprimals, if you were primal, you bought into his tenants, and you did the things that he did, like, eat liver, and eat, you know, bull testicles, and all this, right. thing, all these things that were too expensive for most people to be able to buy, right. one. And number two, kind of gross to eat. So don't worry, he had a solution for you. He mm-hmm. sells
2: supplements. Yeah, exactly. And the
1: supplements were obviously all these same things that he mm-hmm. said that he was eating. He had a whole, the whole beast protein shake made from animal right. organ protein and stuff like and that. That, so, and
2: that market isn't really regulated all that well either.
1: Not regulated very well at all, but he was very open. He was making over $100 million a year, at least he is currently, mm-hmm. selling this stuff. Well, the whole time he's been on shows talking about a lot of his business and his brand, and he he's... Started off with his viral content, you know, shirtless everywhere he goes, shoeless everywhere he goes. And he's all about getting sunshine and, mm-hmm. and and doing all the things you would as a caveman, assume, assuming, right? Right, exactly. And eating in this way, that's very hard to eat, but he sells his products that will help you out. And then he started doing the, the podcast circuit and really got even more exposure. Mm-hmm. And as he got more and more exposure, he was talking about things. And never broke character. Never broke character. And we actually emailed him and asked him to be on the show at one point in time. Never broke character when he talked to us before we went on all the podcasts. Yeah. And I know his email because I've emailed him. I've talked to him. Right. So I knew when this broke and they shared his emails, I knew that was his email. Mm -hmm. I knew that was his signature in the email because I'd seen it from him. Right. Right. And you know how he writes his emails. I know everything about his emails because I've seen them. Right. We had an exchange. That is him. And I know he lives and dies by his inbox. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's different now. But so he's been on all these shows and he's been asked several times about performance enhancing drugs, PEDs.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's denied every single time. And he's got very witty and charming responses to it. Um, you know, he prioritizes, executes, and dominates. Hell yeah, I'm on PEDs right. instead of performance-enhancing drugs, right? Yeah, so yeah. he has these Well, it turns out that before he started this very intentional campaign, he sent an email to a very well-known and respected bodybuilding coach Talking about how he was really frustrated that his body's response to IGF one, which is human growth hormone, mm-hmm. pharmaceutical grade human growth yeah. hormone, very yeah. expensive. Yeah, turns out he's spending about 15k a month. Jeez. On just, just I mean, his stack, his I mean, cycle. But yeah. for him,
2: he he's making sense of it by saying this is to help promote the brand. And he talked about that openly. He said, "I'm
1: going to go on this. I've hired this creative content team. I'm going to try to get a million followers on social media." He did everything he said he's going to do. Now, I, I will say this about the guy. In the emails where he's been now been exposed, he clearly lives the lifestyle that he preaches. Mm-hmm. He does eat these things. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he does shows work it in the videos, out the right. way that he does these things. Yeah. But what I would tell people is that it's extremely disingenuous to think you can just work out a shit ton yeah, and eat the things that he eats, even if you could afford to eat, you know, bull testicle and all these types of meats raw yeah. and things right. that he does, which are not easy to get a hold of. From anybody, number it's a complete
2: one. complete misrepresentation. And number
1: two, but yeah, you're not going to look like that. And he said you can't express your highest and most dominant form if you don't live this way. Well, yeah. and he gives his schedule to this bodybuilding coach because it's not uncommon for a bodybuilding coach to say, "Hey, like, what do you do? What do you eat? What's your you know diet look like? And right. you know what are you, what what are you taking supplement wise? And these are all normal questions. I've done that before because you know I've done the bodybuilding thing before, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I, I get it. So none of the questions that he was being asked were out of the ordinary. And he answered in true liver king form, like that is his personality. <laughs> and he told him, I have to be in shape 10, 11 months out of the year because I got to sell this brand and, and what we're doing. He didn't talk about the liver king brand, but clearly that's what he was building up for. Right, exactly. He even identified himself in the email as liver king. Mm-hmm. So this was, this has been a very thought out methodical thing. Right. And he's talking about the stack that he's on and his stack that he's on It So if you're on human growth hormone, IGF one. A very easy way for anybody to ever recognize this is that you have this distended be- your belly. Your belly like pops out a little bit and yeah. kind of like, pokes forward. Yeah. And the reason why is human growth hormone causes everything in your body to grow. Yeah. So even your organs get bigger. So like his belly's sticking out, but he doesn't
2: have a fat belly. His abs
1: are literally they sticking out. They protrude yeah, out because exactly. the organs have grown inside of his body so much they're pushing outward towards his belly. Right. So that, that's a very, very common sign of it. Now I will tell you, professional bodybuilders who get on stage like the Olympia, they're on way, way less growth hormone than he Mm -hmm. was taking, way less, and still presumably still taking. Right. And the reason why he was riding this coach was, is he was taking all this growth hormone and Mm -hmm. he wasn't seeing the response. So that he was riding these people who had expertise with it. Right. And the um, is it more more plates, more dates? Is that yes? That's the 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 YouTube channel that Mm -hmm. exposed this. And when he went to his email, he saw another email himself from. Liver King asking him to get in contact with him, presumably about the same topic, deep from the in the same arch- email, deep in his archive. Yeah. Because he's got a very popular YouTube channel now. Yeah. But it, it just goes to show you that we cover a lot of people on the show who promise you things in the financial world that are not true.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we tell you that it's not true because there's more to the story than what they're telling you, but they have created this problem and they can only provide you their secret solution. Yeah, exactly. And there is a crossover here. It's everywhere around us. It's mm-hmm. not just the financial realm. We cover that. But even people like this, they, they take advantage of your health and fitness. I have a way, a 90-day app routine. Right, exactly. I'll never forget. You, you remember this because, you know, you've been around me since I was a kid. <laughs> Love you, man. Yeah. The first time I did P90X, which really got me into being in shape. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember getting halfway through P90X and realizing, holy shit, there is no secret. The secret is you got to work hard and eat right. That's it. Yeah, consistently. Right. And that was the beauty of P90X is that it was a program which structured a hard workout series for you mm-hmm. and told you need to eat right. Right. But there was no secret. People who did it got in shape.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: People who didn't do it quit. Yep. And the people who finished, you could always tell because they got in better shape. Right. And that was the whole beauty in that program was that there was no shortcuts. You can still, Beachbody built an entire platform around P90X.
2: Yeah, I have haven't heard about them in a long time. Right,
1: and, and Tony Horton's still around and he yeah. still looks in good shape from what I understand. But, so you can be in this space and do it from a legitimate standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's just not easy to create this viral content and be out there buzzworthy if you're not doing something that's clearly leveraging ulterior motives and ulterior It was, on, it was only, only a matter of time. Only a matter
2: of time. Yeah, but it's not, also not like, you can't look like that without putting the work in so he was putting oh, the he, work. No, he, he, oh dude he describes wow. the workout his workouts yeah. are
1: fucking ruthless but yeah. i would also say you can't re- as a guy who's on testosterone admittedly yeah you can't recover from the workouts that he's doing twice a day every day like four or five days a week yeah you it's know?
2: insane like comparable, comparable he's doing like arnold workouts no no he, he's
1: way harder really yeah he's doing like metcons, and i mean he he is he is kicking his ass every day. Even his rest days are like twelve mile hikes and shit. Yeah, and he's got a hyperbaric chamber and all stuff in his house. I mean, how he much is,
2: rest is he get He in? is
1: spared no expense. Well, you, you need a lot. You still need rest. Yeah. And uh, so here's the thing that people don't understand: even if you're on gear and there's steroids or some kind of performance enhancing drugs, mm-hmm. you need to really structure your workouts and everything else. You still need to rest. You still need to do all the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. One of the email the email that he sent to this, this coach was the coach asked him how much sleep you get. And every coach I've ever, I've ever talked to has asked that same question because sleep is arguably more important than your training.
2: That's what, yeah, that's what I've heard the mind pump, mind pump, mind pump guys talk yeah. about. Mind pump, mind pump.
1: Yeah. You could, you could train super, super hard and not sleep well and not do very well. And, or you could train, you yeah. know, moderately or, you know, okay, kind of light and sleep like amazing and mm-hmm. get better results. Right. So, and I think sleep and diet are super underrated as more important than your workouts yes people just equate looking good working out right you his, can't you can't out train a bad diet you can't yeah the, the irony is is that his statement to the coach was that he sleeps terribly mm-hmm. he hasn't been, has been sleeping very well he wakes up he can't go to sleep. normal normal human things right yeah but his whole shtick about living primal life is that he sleeps like a baby he yeah. has a no wi-fi on the house just another that. lesson to be learned to you know yeah and look he he lives a lot of that lifestyle but
2: the sensationalism isn't there when the truth comes out, yeah, but he made we we talked about how much money he was making off his of supplements he's he's made his enough for him to just ride off into the sunset at this point. yeah, well, I mean he did hundred million one year, but he also took private jets, a lot of places but he's so
1: looking back on 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 him before this and kind of going back and doing like a deep dive in him, he was a very successful entrepreneur well before this. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can take anything that he's saying to you because his companies are all closed corporate companies. You can't look them up as, as truly gospel because he's selling this brand and this image. Right. But he had a number of supplement companies well before all of this. Yeah. And he had a massive ranch and, and access to, obviously, $15,000 a month in chemicals to hire an entire camera crew mm-hmm. follow him around. He spent a ton of money launching this campaign.
2: So he had money before this. This is right. not. Oh, th- would you say he spent as much money um, as you probably did at Disney World? Man. Um
1: <laughs> wow. Uh so, so eight days
2: I do not recommend.
1: Like bro, my ankles swole, were swollen up. My my body was. Tell really me, did you up. see everything? Yeah, we went to every park. Okay. We went to every park. So everything you wanted to see. And Disney Springs, which is like their equivalent of downtown Disney. Okay. I say that loosely because you think of Disneyland here as being effectively like Disneyland, mm-hmm. California Adventure, and in between is the downtown Disney, right? This walkway
2: retail, shops, right? Shops, the all restaurants, shops, right? all that. Disney World, you've been? No, you've been? No, you haven't been, no right? I have, You're actually the only person I know that's ever actually been. It is massive. Like, like, I mean, I would imagine, yeah.
1: You have to take if buses. It takes, to if it takes eight days, yeah. Well, so there's the Magic Kingdom, which is the, their Disneyland variant, right? Okay. Which looks just like our Disneyland, but the rides are, are somewhat different. Mm-hmm. There's Epcot, which is more more food and eating and some experience and rides. They went there mm-hmm. too there's there's there um like hollywood park which is like all like the hollywood themed stuff looks really? like man's chinese theaters there uh, okay wow there's there's some cool stuff there which is interesting and and um they had a number of unique rides there too and then there's the um the safari park which is like a zoo slash that's where all the Avatar rides were. Oh, wow. Okay. That ride was cool. You get in like this motorcycle riding position, but they have mm-hmm. like, you, you're, it basically put you into an Avatar and you're riding one of the birds. So would you
2: say it's as busy as Disneyland? So it's hard to tell because the parks
1: are so spread out. Yeah. It's really hard to tell. We went over Thanksgiving. Week. I mean, what are the, what are the wait, wait times like? Man, so that's where they get you—the money. They just fuck you. So you—you you have a band now that you can buy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how much the band is. My wife paid for everything. Well, yeah. Shout out to my wife and my sister who would never listen to the podcast in its entirety. Probably will never get an hour in, but yeah, this took a year for them to plan. I mean, it sounds like they would need to, right? They had to plan the days. They had to plan like what we're going to eat, what we're going to do, mm-hmm. and it—it was—it was amazingly planned well for for them to put the coordinate all of this logistics and right. and do all this stuff. So. Um, there's these bands that you wear where you can check in rides early, and some of them you have to pay for, some of them you don't. So they're getting you for the uh, band, like the Lightning Pass or something. Lightning yeah. Pass is one part of it, yeah. and it, it's not easy to coordinate, but it's expensive, man. I mean, I, I don't even know how much we paid at this point. Yeah, there's I there's would there's imagine that. we spent at least at least thirteen thousand. Wow, <laughs> at least. at least, and so we we were there. We, we stayed at a hotel. My sister has three kids and her husband and they, they picked this hotel. The hotel was absolutely fucking terrible. Really? It was a Disney hotel, so you can use your band to check, you know, to to you know, log in. Were there no other there.
2: options? Or was this like the only was this the, the best? It, option it, was, it was an was affordable
1: like- option. It it's it was super close to so Disney has their, their sky their Skyway kind of system where they have like those buckets on the wires that you know go over the hotels. Okay. And the one we were at, uh it's called the Skyliner. Okay. You take the Skyliner to um oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so you take that. So you, you can leave there and go straight to Epcot from there. Uh-huh. So you don't have to take a bus or anything, you just go in the air over to Epcot, which was cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you could take it to uh, I think it was it wasn't the Safari Park. I think it was maybe um one of the park. I can't remember which one it was. But we could take it there too. Okay. So you basically take that
2: and you go there. What was what was the best part of the trip?
1: Obviously, besides uh, my, the
2: stuff you do with Carter. My son,
1: man, he he loved the whole thing. He had a great time. It was amazing, but he
2: understood the magnitude of it.
1: I know. No. It's a lot, right? At three years old, bro, you just, he, he just thought he was at Disneyland, but farther away. Yeah. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't check in, but it's, um. so there's some shit that was crazy. So we went, so the Ratatouille ride in Epcot. Okay. Never right? heard of it. Ratatouille is the movie. No, I know, you know the
2: movie, but the ride. Yeah. So
1: I love the movie. I think it's cute. Yeah. Right? I think it's an awesome movie. I think it's super cute, right? So we go there, we do our thing, and my wife's like, I'm going to go on that ride. There's no fast pass, no lightning pass, no way to get there early. Everybody has to wait in line.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know me, I don't like Gen Pop. General population. I, I want that one to be able to skip that line. I want that <laughs> VIP service, you know? Yeah. yeah where do I sign the check? Right this way, Mr. No, Papa George. Yeah, you got to wait. Right, Papa George, you had to wait in line. Yeah. And um, we waited two and a half hours in 84 degree heat, sweating ass off. I mean, it was my son didn't want to stand anymore. I was, I was because cold. the
2: lightning passes wouldn't work for that ride? No, there
1: is no lightning pass for that ride. Was that like the ride or something? It's a newer ride, and, and there's just no shortcuts through it. Like, the, oh, you just got to wait. Hell no. My wife wanted to do it. And it's like this 4D experience where you basically go to the ride as, as one of the rats. And, you know, you can smell, and you get hit with water and stuff like that. And then, you know, you see everything in 3D. I mean, it's pretty cool. But it was like a two-minute
2: ride, two-and-a-half-minute ride. I can't do that, bro. We waited two-and-a-half hours for like two, two-and-a-half minutes. You know, the toughest part about those things is controlling your kids and those lines. My, dude, Carter was going nuts. You got so tired. You, you know, you feel. I feel like such an asshole. Like, here, my phone just calmed down, you know? Say, like, well, how long is that going to last you? That's going to buy you fifteen, oh, he's, ten, fifteen 10, 15 minutes. He's, he's too young
1: for the phone thing. You yeah. It didn't even work. And it was so hot and so sweaty, and I was carrying him. It was it was just
3: fucking uh, miserable
1: waiting that line. But the ride was cool, but way too short. Yeah. The Avatar ride was dope. Anybody who goes to the safari park, you need to check out the Avatar ride. The Avatar mm, ride was dope. That yeah. was That was a real cool ride. It was fun. It was a really, really cool experience, but look, man, I don't know how families can do this shit. Yes. Like, if, if, you're, if you're like a normal family in America, like, yeah. I'm very blessed. I thank God every day for the position that I'm in and the things that we're able to do, but
2: right. bro, we were blowing money. Like, yeah. it just... At that point, you're out there. We, we, went, to Disney, we went to
1: a dinner in the castle mm-hmm. in the Magic Kingdom. It was $800 before we even sat down because you got to prepay in advance and reserve. What? Do you, what? $800 for like all of us, right? Then we had, we bought drinks because I'm an alcoholic and, and Magic Kingdom's a dry park and no yeah. one told me. So they I didn't have
2: tecate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, they had that port though that I'm, like, I'm going to get for the studio. Oh, it's good. yeah. But they, um, you sit down. I must have spent, and Tip was included, I must have spent easily 12, 13. Oh my gosh, bro. I'm just dinner alone. That, I'm I mean, twitching, my eyes twitching. It's bad, dude. Like, and he's like, you're looking around the room, going like, "How y'all? How? What, come on, know? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? It, it, this is crazy." It's a lot, yeah. So we did go to the private terminal thing, though. Oh, um, we that was that you? was. Did you do it
2: on the way back too?
1: No, I got fucked on the way back. You want to hear this story? Yeah. All right. So maybe we get in the show on me getting screwed over because that makes me to make everybody well, happy.
2: Well, say first, first, say what the private terminal, what it was that you got on
1: the way there. So the private terminal is a terminal that's effectively on the other side of LAX's main terminal on the other side of the runway. Yeah. So it's where effectively the private planes go through. And it's called PS. It's reserved for Chris and Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Post Malone and Post, <laughs> and Post-, Post Malone. <laughs> Malone. So and, and Mandy Moore was there too and a bunch of people, but um, she's still around, huh? Yeah, and she had a baby apparently. So you go in, so you go into this like unmarked stu- like space. It looks like a, a private kind of hangar area right so you drive up in and there's private rooms and there's a salon the salon has a bar in it this will become important later on okay so the salon has a bar in it. they don't allow kids in the salon because kids can't be in the room with a bar okay but you can get a private room where kids can be in which is fine so we paid uh 3,700 bucks plus another 1,200 something like that because it was a last minute within 48 hours rush so it was like 4,900 bucks for Jesus for that so you go there. Our flight was delayed 40 minutes, so we got even more time in the room. You can order whatever you want food-wise. You can take whatever you want. There's, like, phone chargers, alcohol, food. You name it. They have everything there. Uh-huh. You can special order anything you want. They'll bring it to you. I mean, you are paying $5,000 for nothing, but whatever. Right. So you go there. They have their own private TSA. So if you're TSA pre-checked, they go, oh, he's pre-checked, so they don't screen you. The same way they would in the normal TSA, but they, there's nobody else in the room. It's just you and them. Just a completely different experience. A completely different experience. So we never actually touched foot in LAX. Mm- mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that, especially on the way there, because it was a holiday week, sun's three, like I just, I just didn't want to do all that. okay. They put you in oh, a, a, a black car or a seven series with us we had a lot of luggage and it's our kid. We, they put us in a, in a black SUV yeah, they drove us on the runway to the plane, so they take you up wow, so then they get when you get to the plane, they take you up the stairs. You know when the baggage guys come and they take like your your stroller down, Oh right, at that door right before you get on the plane, right, right They take you up those side steps and put you on the plane oh how cool so you never actually get in the airport you go straight on the plane man you sit down and i'll tell you having, i've never done this before so obviously first experience yeah. for me when you do that people see you get on the plane that way because there's some people in first class that were already yeah. there because you know we, we waited yeah. a little bit before we got on the plane i would hate you immediately yeah they were like this guy's a piece of
2: shit yeah what an asshole this guy yeah, is fuck this guy <laughs> fuck this guy and his stroller okay yeah. i'm gonna kick your stroller back but, down the stairs Cause No, because they see you coming in from the side of the plane yeah they're like what the fuck? Where's like, this guy going from? I had from? some
1: lady the whole time, like looking at me, like trying to figure out who I was. I want to be like higher standard, bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, I messed with that lower standard. Yeah, yeah. It's the higher standard. Yeah. No, i will probably Use never. Use my name on your podcast. I, 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 I promise you too. I promise you, this higher standard co-host will never be in <laughs> a private room. <laughs> so, <laughs> yo, that is
1: crazy. So you, you leave the car there, right? Mm-hmm. And and they, they're supposed to wash it, detail of the whole thing while you're gone. You come back, pick it up. Okay. So. I'm an idiot. Look, and I'm I'm gonna admit, like this is new to me. Okay, like I'm, this is very new. By the way, is this Carter's first flight? No, he went to Hawaii a couple months ago. Oh, okay, yes, right. He's been he's been to Oklahoma. He's been to Texas. Yeah, but now,
2: now you know, you know, this is the equivalent of flying private. You know, this, uh, this level of treatment. So now it's it's like, he can't, he's not gonna want to go backwards. I'm I'm probably gonna. Well, this is a oh, fuck. See this? I can't say this shit on the road on the show because I sound like an asshole. Yeah, you are an asshole though. It's okay. You might as well let it out, bro. We went. Wasn't that, we went, Wasn't that live with Adam? That you? That you oh yeah. Me on? we we need it. We need We we need Yo, to. We need to break this down. So people were coming at me like Adam, I was like fresh fish. Adam jumped on a live and showed showed his new place in Utah. The, and I was on the plane the, by the way for, for the rental. Yeah,
1: I, on the plane the way back. Yeah,
2: so I, I was like, oh, I'll hop on. I saw you there, so I started talking some shit. Yeah. By the way, Adam's new rental looks sick. They did an amazing they job. They went overkill. It, yeah, but I, I want to stay there. It looks awesome. Yeah, I want to stay yeah, there too. Yeah. I, sh- I want to smell the sheets in Adam's bed though. <laughs> and uh, we, we jump <sighs> we, ju- we jump in the comments section and Chris t- tries to take a shot across the bow be like, Said, back off. Next thing you know, all the higher standard fans came out and been like, Bro, they were going in on my ass. Yeah, like, get the fuck was, out of it here. Was like fresh fish. Said greater than Chris. Yeah, thank you. They were tearing me new. There was like
1: multiple people. I just want to so look. I know
2: it wasn't just you and your wife and like <laughs> ghost accounts. It was. <laughs> I just, I just want y'all to know that I've been noticing y'all. I just want, and I appreciate y'all. Yeah, thank I, you so much. I, I literally,
1: I, because I, so the, the the internet cut out. And I looked at my wife. She's said, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You they don't, they don't, more. They don't like me as much as Saeed."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Am I that arrogant? She goes. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, just re- rewind the last 10 minutes of the podcast. I'm like, "You're my wife, God damn it. <laughs> just lie to me." Yeah.
1: So, um we are exploring the private thing with expansion and business and everything else. I have got to find a way to not not obviously buying, but like maybe get like a membership or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So, we're doing that on on December 10th. I think we're going to try that for the first I time. I mean, from
2: a from a time perspective, maybe that makes the most sense.
1: Yeah, especially because some of the stuff that state-wise that I have to go through in the Midwest is like multiple states. And, and with a lot of the stuff that I got to do in, a, in the same day, I could probably hit four or five different places in two states in mm-hmm. one day that way. Whereas I probably couldn't do that without. That's riding. wild. Uh, and private airports can get you close. There's smaller ones. You can get closer to a location to get to. So. I, can't,
2: I can't even begin to fathom. I, re- I remember when we went up to San Jose to visit Adam and the MindPunk team. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I went to the airport without, like, luggage, right? Going and coming back same day. Oh, I do that all the time. I was it's like, a trip, right? I was like, this is this is weird. But it is oddly tiring, right? Yeah, it was. Oh, I mean, you're oddly flying tiring. twice. Like, at the end of the day, I was beat. Yeah. It takes it out of you. People yeah. people
1: underestimate how tiring that can get. Yeah. And I do a lot of those, like, real quick and back because right. I want to be home with my son and my wife. But 100. So, to cap the story off, on the way back, I didn't want to pay the same for the room because… We thought we were getting back at 8 p.m. Apparently, we didn't know how to do this time conversion. We were wrong, but <laughs> but my point to them was it's like we're going to go straight home. We're not going to stay in the room, mm-hmm. so I don't want to pay you know in this case thirty something three thousand plus dollars to have a room where you bring us back to and we wait in like you know do whatever. And right. then when we're leaving, it makes whole sense. Yeah, that makes sense. On the way back, it doesn't. So my membership to the to the PS terminal, which I have through American Express, the Centurion, they cover, mm-hmm. they cover it. I think it's like a five thousand dollar year fee, so for the membership. Yeah. You can pay five hundred fifty dollars. I think that's the Amex Black Card price for one person admission to the salon. So I said, "Look, my wife and I will pay eleven hundred bucks, right?" So, and mm-hmm. I understand we have my son with us. We can't go to the salon because he's you know obviously under the age of twenty one. I said, "But this way, you guys come pick us up. to take you out the same way they brought you. you know, brought right, you right, right. You guys come pick us up, drive us across the airfield to the PS, you know, terminal." Mm-hmm. Because our car is there. Oh, yeah. I said, so what how else are you going to get there? Right. So this way, I'll, you guys, we'll go straight to the car. We'll sit in the car. We'll wait until the luggage comes off the plane. You guys can bring it to us, you know, afterward. And we'll just sit in the car, wait. We'll pay you $1,100 for, I mean, obviously an Uber is going to be cheaper than $1,100, right? <laughs> I like how you're trying to negotiate this. No, I wasn't even trying to negotiate. I was like, look, like, I, you're telling me my son can't be in the salon. Yeah. I'm telling you 3700 bucks for for a room for literally 10 minutes is not worth it. Right. I'm happy to pay you eleven hundred dollars compromise like for your services of just getting the bags, bring it to the car. Cause I don't want to have to go into the airport, get an Uber, go all the way over there, the blah, blah, bad. blah, That's blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid, right? So I'm like, look, I'll pay you, I'll give up one third of the price because we're not going to use any of your services mm-hmm. other than you picking us up and dropping us off at our car, which is at your place. Right. I'm like, we can't do that. So you have to go pick up your luggage at the thing? In well, gen- in general pop? God damn it. This is gonna be another really arrogant. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so let him know. To, let him know in the DMs. This is so bad. Okay, so with an American Express Black Card, anytime you reserve a flight through them, mm-hmm. they give you an airport butler. Wow. So it's part of the concierge. It's part of the concierge service. So as soon as we get off the plane in the airport, mm-hmm. we had a guy um, Miguel, fucking awesome guy, meets us there, grabs my wife's luggage. Stop laughing, you asshole.
2: What? What? You tell him the story is just crazy, it's, to me, bro. This is this is all. This is too so, much. It's
1: so bad. This
2: is too much. So we get Miguel and he he
1: gets our luggage. He flags down the Uber. He bro,
2: gets, for eleven hundred dollars, you could have paid me. You could have paid me. I would have came down. I would have went and got no, your luggage. M- Miguel's free. <laughs> he comes free. Like he's, he's covered by
1: Amex, right? And then you know he comes and gets all of our stuff and gets us in, into a, uh, an Uber and gets us over there, right? And then we tip him out. We get to this, the the airport. Mm-hmm. All right, we get to the private terminal right yeah and obviously we're several hours earlier than we thought we were going to be right because we couldn't do the time conversion we wound up being there like three thirty instead of eight o'clock at night right which we thought was some bedtime we were just going to dip whatever so right we get there and i told him in advance i sent him an email saying be the conversion wrong we'd be there earlier like you know several hours before we get there car's there i just want to go home yeah we're now getting dangerously close to rush hour traffic because we landed at like three thirty, and oh, it's whatever no. So um, I just want to get in the car and leave. And this nice guy who was there, that, that, all the staff were amazing. Mm-hmm. Get the luggage in, get him out of the Uber. The Uber driver's like, where the fuck am I? Like he's, cause it's, it's very hard. It's like exclusive. And he's like looking at us like, going, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. and I'm like, I'm nobody, bro. I host, I'm one of the co-hosts of higher standard podcast. <laughs> um my other co-host is side asshole omar yeah, yeah. But, yeah i'm the
2: asshole yeah. right? and i'm yeah. the asshole yeah, yeah. I, have, I, I have a feeling like people are gonna let you know after this I'm, one this is terrible i, I will be the yeah. first to admit this is all terrible shit no it's okay though you get to you get to know what it's like to be on that side bro i just found out like i li- come on man yeah. I, I just found out what it's like to be on the side and yeah. it's, it's weird too yeah. ladies and gentlemen this is what new money does to you okay <laughs> this is new money <laughs> does anybody have any cocaine i need to try it <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, so yeah man we uh So we're on the way home. We're doing our thing, whatever. We're sucking rush hour traffic. I'm happy to get home. Of course, it's obligatory in and out because I'm already fat from eating hamburgers and chicken nuggets, fried chicken nuggets and french fries all week long. Right. That's all they have at Disneyland. Right. Everything else is pretty much a variant of that in a different shape. Right. Oh, here's fried chicken nuggets chopped up and dipped in sauce. But we call it... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We call it Adventureland's chicken. (laughs) So whatever. Um, The next morning, I wake up. And I didn't tip him on the way out because I was still pissed off over the whole like we, we have to get an Uber thing. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to tip this guy. I tipped him, obviously, on, I tipped him like 100 bucks when we left. Uh huh. Because, you know, he was great service, got us his room, got us hooked up, whatever, blood got us to the terminal. Right. But on the way, when I picked up the car, the car wasn't clean. It was supposed to be clean and detailed. Oh, no. So I'm like, look, How could y'all, y- y'all didn't accommodate me. Y'all didn't detail the Tesla. Uh huh. My wife angry she's yelling at me you oh, know? No, know she's
2: not bro oh Joe she was, is not mad at you she bro. was Come so on. mad at
1: me because i left i left my son's bag in the American. god damn it
2: oh <laughs> shit <laughs> that's okay bro i'm sure everyone's dropped off by now yeah.
1: so we had we had the, the lounge so we went to we got fuck. we went uh, to we were in orlando and we have the private lounge thing and you know she was getting all into my shit yeah and I left my son's bag on accident in there and had all of his toys in there. So, we had to ride the full mm-hmm. five hours with no toys and just you know, watching his iPad. Poor True. kid, right? Right, right. But he did amazing. He was great. Yeah. I mean, he, did, he did great. Kids are resilient. But my wife is mad that I left, I left that behind. And the whole time, she's like, you're sucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, she was already mad at me. And it just got worse. The next morning, I wake up. They charge themselves. Gratuity. They they literally add gratuity, hundred bucks.
2: That's what it is now. They just sent me an Everywhere. email They're like, here you go. Everywhere. I'm like, you can't force me to pay gratuity, bro. Right. Remember a couple of weeks ago we, we saw, said tipping is bullshit. We Remember saw that? we saw that we saw the receipt that charged that noted the inflation upcharge. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Instead of increasing the prices on, on the product. inflation uh, surcharge. Inflation surcharge. It's still there, by the way. We, I forget. I was we were somewhere the other day, and and knowing how much we talk about the show about how much, it's going to be there for a long ass time. I saw one the other day. I don't. I have no idea what this meant. It said uh, health four percent yeah had, yeah yeah. had it's a little for the heart insurance for the workers had a heart next to it yeah yeah, that's what that means yeah it's for health, health so we're paying for workers. we're paying for the the workers yeah, health, yeah. Health coverage so i got a couple questions okay right off the gate if there's
1: an inflation surcharge when inflation is high yeah do i get a deflation deduction
2: yeah yeah yeah. Is that... when deflation kicks in yeah i would hope so because if i don't fuck you very much yeah and like the health care benefits yeah, I feel like after our entire last conversation, you don't have a right to be complaining I I about a 3%, about a 3% <laughs> surcharge. It's not like that. I'm not, to your, to your I'm your not fucking making pan, money like that, to your, though, Panera, Panera, really not. To your Panera Bread fucking Red Bull. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Oh, shit. This is so terrible. I swear to God, my life wasn't always like this. Yeah. Um. This, is gonna, this one's going to last. This is going to linger. This is going to sting for a little bit. Look, I wanted to experience it. I wanted to try it. And I yeah. will say... Rightfully so. I, don't I, I will say I will use... For 550 bucks. Yeah. if like I'm I'm traveling on the company's dime and the company's yeah. paying for my flight, I would pay $550 out of pocket to avoid LAX in like a busy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, if I'm just going on to On the company's the park, dime? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I would have to pay that out of pocket. Oh, okay. But if the company were paying... You know for my flight and everything oh, else for the whole flight i get it and okay. i were going like from here to florida which i do you know pretty often right and that and i'm the great thing about flights from florida from lax to to florida to miami yeah is you get a larger plane you get like a 787 or a 777 with lay down seats versus a 737 or an a321 which is basically glorified you know coach seats but are just wider got it and you get you get one of those it's not really worth the money the money's generally the same too it's not really that much of a, an additional cost for like a lay down seat but you don't get those out of John Wayne because they can't get the bigger plane, 787, 777. Uh, that's why you got to go to LAX. So you go to LAX for that. So go to LAX, pay 550 for that, you know, out of my own pocket. Boom, Before boom. you get there, you know, you are cash right. money the whole way there. Listen, you're still an asshole. I am still an asshole. I thought I was trying to yeah. logically get through that. It didn't, right. No, no, no. No bells. Didn't. Yeah, no. No. God damn it. Yeah. All right. Well. Appreciate you giving the insight. I guess we're going to end this show now with me being a complete <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. If you still like this show. If we have anything positive we can spend on this at all. <laughs>
2: if you still like this show, tune in on Friday.
1: And if you. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm going to end on one other thing. One other note, okay? Okay. Somebody DM me. Not, found my email and emailed me. Emailed you? Yeah, found my email emailed me. Wonderful dude. Nice guy. I think he may have been a veteran. If he's listening, appreciate your service. He asked me, hey, man, I got the American Express Platinum card. I spent $150,000 a year on it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a successful businessman. Like, how do I get it?
2: The platinum card? He has a platinum the, card. He
1: wants the wants oh, centurion the black
2: card. Okay, he wants to get onto the How platform. do I get it? And I thought to
1: myself, number one, kudos to you for initiative and reaching out. And I answered him. And I answered the questions and everything right. else. And number two, we have glorified the ideology of spending money and looking like it. And I asked him why... Mm-hmm. I don't maybe this it says on the show, but I asked him why that was so valuable. Uh no, you told me this off there. and It made sense to me too. And he said... He said it was one of the few things in life that you just can't fake. Yeah. And that's why he wanted it. Right. Mm. I thought that you know, cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm an asshole, but I can't fake it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And that's how we're gonna say goodbye, everybody. Yeah. We'll catch you in the next show. Where Said will be the asshole and I'll be the happy, humble guy. Right. Yeah. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts.